Oh. See? Hold on. I only looked at the... What the shit? Right? No. Mm-hmm. No way. Uh, yes way. My dudes. Mm-hmm. What? I know. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. Let's see. So, um, yes, we have a lot to cover today. I have a, I have a paranormal book report, Joy. Yeah, we have a lot to cover. So I feel like maybe, uh, listeners, we just cut the chit chat at the top and get into it because Emily, how many pages is this little book report? 15. Fifteen. One five. One five. One five. Okay. So Emily wrote a book. Uh, today's episode. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of shit that happens at the Stanley. Is it double spaced? Is it... <laughs> no, it's single spaced. Everything's tiny. It's like... But there, I, I did. Listen, I broke it out into sections, so mm-hmm. there is spacing between the different topics. Okay, so we have some spaces. It's we do just... have some spaces. Okay. So well, it's probably closer to 14 and a half pages. Great. <laughs> you, that's not a book then. It's just a little novella. Listen, I'm sorry, but when I get into this, you know, you understand the hyper-focus I that do. comes. I get it. If only I would have applied myself in college and high I'm, school. I'm excited because I like hearing stories and... I mean, I know like some stuff that I've heard about the Stanley just from shows and reading just in general over the years, but the last like couple of months I've stayed away from any of that. Mm -hmm. Like, even though I was doing the historical stuff, I was like, just don't, don't get involved. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Just be surprised. So surprise me. Okay. Before you start, tell everyone your name. Oh, hello. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is The The Residuals. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. I got coffee. Got my glasses. Good. I've got my PG tips. I've got my water. I'm ready to go. Okay. Mm -mm. The Stanley Hotel. The Stanley's paranormal past is built on a combination of provable facts and events, in addition to anecdotal evidence and speculation, Joy, reports of hotel guests and staff hearing disembodied voices being touched by unseen presences. No, boundaries. And and a whole (laughs) shitload of unexplainable and paranormal shenanigans. So let's go back to how the Stanley became a part of the public lexicon, shall we? Yes, please. Do you like that big word? I did it just I for do. you. I okay. do. So in September 1974, 
Stephen King and his wife, Tabby, which I fucking love that name. That's adorable. Um, spent a night at the Stanley Hotel in room 217. Now, because the Stanley was a seasonal hotel at the time, they were the only guests in the entire building as it was getting ready to shut down for the winter. So that night, King had a nightmare about his three-year-old son running and screaming through the hotel's corridors, being chased by a fire horse. Fire horse! (laughs) While also terrifying, not what he dreamt about. (laughs) I'm sorry. Let's go again. (laughs) That night, King had a nightmare about his three-year-old son. Oh, that's why. Nightmare. Nightmare. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Oh. All right. I'm glad we figured that out. Continue. Sorry. Oh, thank you. I couldn't Sorry, resist. Better than a night gelding. Okay. Because that's a castrated horse. Okay. <laughs> that night, King had a nightmare about his three-year-old son running and screaming through the hotel's corridors, being chased by a fire hose. No, thank you. According <laughs> to King, he woke up, quote, unquote, sweating all over within an inch of falling out of bed. Whoa. Yep. So needless to say, he got up to have a cigarette. So by the time <laughs> he finished his cigarette, he had the entire premise of the book mapped out in his head. I love right? him so much. So quick side note, I've, <sighs> I've been watching, you know, I've been doing my deep dive and that included watching past episodes of Ghost Hunters who did a you know, they've done a few specials there. One of them was a live Halloween special. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think the live one, they were getting a tour by one of the docents there, gentleman by the name of Billy. And poor Billy. Billy started saying, yeah, no, Stephen King saw things. He saw a ghost boy in the hallway with with a ball and all this shit. And I'm like, Billy, no, Billy, that's not true incorrect that's not true billy so get billy, stephen king on the horn he's right. active on twitter we can ask him legit <laughs> anyway well, let's get back to it long before king had that terrifying dream paranormal happenings had been reported in the hotel ages before the 1970s some of which specifically huh. taking place in room 217 really so this is something that you touched on in -hmm. your book report but let's go back a little and revisit yeah sure so the night of june 25th 1911 Mm -hmm. upon opening the hotel was alleged to be one of the few in the world powered entirely by electricity however Mm. Lack of available power led to Freeland Stanley, the owner for whom the hotel is named after, to install an auxiliary gas lighting system in June of 1911. Okay. June 25th, the day after the pipe installation had been completed, an explosion occurred that injured a maid and damaged the structure. Oh, my Right. Unfortunately, a leak caused a buildup of gas to form in room 217. Uh, So when the head chambermaid, Elizabeth Wilson, struck a match to turn on a lamp, she instead mm -hmm. set up a massive explosion. Wilson was launched from the room's entrance to the dining hall located (gasps) on the first floor. Oh, my goodness. And she was in the second floor. And and this is before... They added a smell to gas to know when it was leaking. So no one had any idea. No one had a canary with them. No one knew. (laughs) Uh, Very good. Thank you. 
<laughs> One observer reported seeing a bathtub fly up in the air during the blast. That's a big <gasps> fucking blast, man. They had oh those my. nice clawfoot shit Cast there. iron shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after waking up from a coma with two broken ankles, wow. Wilson returned to work in 1913 and remained employed by the hotel in 1950. Joy, I really hope that she received a nice retirement package because she deserves uh, it. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, can you? Imagine? How much do you love a place, right? That nearly killed you. I mean, I also don't know how many options she had for employment. I mean, right. Fine. Um, since we did discuss that it was basically a ramshackle little town before Legit. the Stanley rolled in, <laughs> um, but that's it's still very interesting that she didn't find employment elsewhere in town. Seriously. Back. Also, that it was 1911, she broke both ankles and she was able to walk again afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, carrying on. This yes, is please. where Wilson's story should end, but it doesn't. According oh. to some hotel guests and staff, his spirit is said to still inhabit room 217, but reports Ooh. claim she's typically more helpful than scary. But we'll get to that more later oh okay mm -hmm. stanley died in 1940 at the age of 91 but like wilson many believe his presence can still be seen and felt at the hotel mainly at the bar and in the billiard room the phantom of his wife flora has a penchant for tinkering around the hotel's piano, according ah, to multiple accounts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some hotel tour guides believe a ghost of a child wanders the property and plays with guests' hair. No, Ew. thank you. No. Oh, and no. guests on the fourth floor of the Stanley have shared stories of hearing children's laughter in the hall, footsteps running, and looking out into the hallway, and no one is to be found. Uh, well, let's carry on. Yes, please. The Stanley Hotel has been regularly visited by paranormal investigators, including the show Ghost Hunters, and it's believed to be one of the most haunted hotels in the United States. Mm -hmm. Some of the reported paranormal activity includes <clears throat> yes, mysterious figures appearing on the staircase, oh. clothing being folded and packed away. <laughs> The piano playing by itself. By the way, whoever right. does that, come to my house. Come to like, my just house. leave. Just get out. Come here. In the come nicest way possible. Thank you for visiting. But here, I've packed your bag. Oh, no. You can go no they put them away in the drawers, Joy. Oh, I thought you were saying they packed the, put no. them in the suitcase. Folded. They fold the clothes and put them away in the... Oh. So listen, when we go, <sighs> we're going to go request one of those rooms. I'm going to bring a little trap like they had in Ghostbusters, and I'm going to bring them to my house with me. Because I need That's a good idea. To fold oh, my before, laundry. Before you trap them, maybe okay. you could just well, invite them, them. Yes. First. Okay, fine. Okay. But they can tackle Mount Clothesmore that is currently residing in my house. I'm familiar with such <laughs> atrocities. It's awful. Um, okay, the piano playing by itself. Strange apparitions in portraits and photographs. What? Um, I think that means like photographs, like people taking photographs. So like, like portrait photographs, not yeah, exactly. like photographs of 
painted Paintings. portraits in the okay. Yeah, no, it's not okay. like Ghostbusters 2. Vigo. Right? <laughs> anyway. I love that movie. Me too. I love it. Okay. Uh children running up and down the halls, moving nightstands and shadowy figures. There's also Cassie, a friendly golden retriever who is said to still deliver newspapers and scratch at the doors to be let in from outside, <laughs> despite being buried at an on-site pet cemetery. Maybe something else for Stephen King, <laughs> um, where some of the owner's animals have been laid to rest. Oh, the land is sour. Right. So are you ready? Yeah, I, yeah, I am in it. Let's go. Let's get into it. Activity is reported in nearly every corner of the hotel. Employees have heard parties taking place in the empty McGregor room. Others recount the time a clean and sober guest acted possessed and went berserk in room 412 and Whoa. supposedly exhibited superhuman strength while being removed. Even at the front desk, a night auditor claims books flew off the shelf behind him. Some claims of activity have been debunked and laid to rest, but others persist. Oh, my goodness. Because the Stanley was pretty much built into a limestone mountain with granite and quartz deposits, there are theories that many of the residual hauntings are caused by the stone tape theory, which is right. the belief that certain geological materials are capable of holding energy, in this case, memories, uh, and that aids in like replaying of the tape. It's kind of like a CD skipping and playing the same part over and over again. Oh. Um, and that analogy is not going to make sense if you were born in the 2000s. But anyway, <laughs> most of the no, entities... isn't it all popular now again? It's oh, just I guess so, so cool and vintage or some shit. It's something. Anyway, most of the entities haunting the property are either residual echoes in which you have to be in the right place at the right time to experience the phenomena or interactive spirits, which are believed to be humans who have died, who remain on the property for one reason or another. There are a dozen or more of these spirits on the property from Mr. and Mrs. Stanley themselves to many old employees and guests uh, to the occasional passer through. It is theorized, however, that in addition to what would be conventional hauntings, there are elemental spirits as well. Oh. Which we'll get is, to. Is this going to tie it? Okay, I'll just wait. I'll just we'll wait. Get to okay. okay. Go ahead. Fourth, we, we have a lot more pages to get through. Fourth floor. More than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. It's where female oh. employees, children, and nannies stayed. Guests would come to stay for weeks or months, so it was imperative to have a place to put them, <laughs> them being kids, where right. they wouldn't, oh, and the nannies. Um, where and, they wouldn't be seen nor heard. Yeah, and the help, um, right. where they wouldn't disturb the guest. Uh, now, today's guests will report hearing children running around, laughing, mm -hmm. giggling, and playing. The fourth floor has been the site of many hauntings, almost all of them by the spirits of children. Uh, oh. sometimes photographs will capture their little faces staring back between the spindles of staircase railings. Or if you're lucky, you'll feel one take your hand or hug your leg. No, I don't like any of that. No. Okay. No. In room 428, some have seen the vision of a cowboy 
looming over the bed as they slept or standing in the corner. There aren't many rooms above this room, yet over the years, there have been multiple reports of strange sounds like furniture being moved and footsteps emanating from the ceiling. Oh, so the ghost cowboy, however, is not scary. One guest awoke to find them uh, pacing at the end of their bed. And after watching him for a few minutes, they politely asked him to leave, which he did. But not Whoa. before he leant over the lady as if kissing her. Female no. guests. Yeah. Stop boundaries. that. Boundaries, cowboy. Stop that. Not appropriate. Even Female. in death, they feel entitled. I know. It's like, I got a cowboy hat. Let's do it. Fuck. Female guests sometimes wake to find him leaning in for a kiss on the forehead. No, thank you, sir. No ghost kisses. No. Let's get to room 407. Okay. Down the hall in room 407, multiple guests have reported the odd experience of being tucked into bed <laughs> by some invisible. None of these none of these entities have boundaries. None of it's I do hate it when the covers come off of my feet. I was so, going to say you and I talked about this the other day. Yeah, I would really probably be okay with I need a top sheet when I sleep. It has to be tucked in properly at the bottom. No wrinkles, hospital corners preferably. Otherwise, I will get up in the middle of the night and remake my bed. Um, Anyway. No top sheet for me, but go on. Yes. So being tucked into bed by some invisible force and others (sighs) have felt someone sit on the foot of the bed only to find (sighs) nothing but an indentation on the covers when they switched on their lines. So there was really an indent. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because sometimes, you know, you'll hear like, oh, somebody sat down, but you don't have any sort of evidence of it. Right. And it's not like there's a cat rolling around. So here's the thing. Now we get to room 401. Room 401. Why do you Room 401, according to some, is the creepiest room in the hotel. It's thought to be haunted by an unfriendly male ghost by some accounts. Women have claimed that they were inappropriately touched by an unknown present presence while standing by the room's closet. What the shit? One man claims he witnessed his wedding ring inexplicably move from the bathroom counter and fall down the drain of the sink in the bathroom. Listen, now, that could be a weird, cranky incel ghost. Or the husband lost his ring right. and just didn't want to. <laughs> it was a ghost, honey. I don't know. I just saw it fall down the drain. It was the weirdest thing. So this Ugh. is this is where we get to some legit shit. Okay. During the TAPS investigation of the Stanley Hotel, which is that's ghost hunters, ghost hunters. if anyone's yes. not clear. So they did like before they did their week investigation, their their Halloween, sorry, their Halloween investigation, mm-hmm. the first one they did was like over a week long. And Jason oh. Hawes stayed in this room and obviously he had a camera set up. Mm-hmm. Around four o'clock in the morning, I think it is, you clearly hear the closet door open on its own. Oh. You hear the latch and you hear the door open. Oh. And he, he, Jason is fast asleep. Like you're hearing the sleep noises. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you hear that, and he wakes up to it. And when he goes to get back in bed, he notices that the water glass that is included with the room, like the cut crystal-looking thing, uh-huh. has uh, somehow exploded. What? And from the inside out, there are glass shards around it. But he didn't hear anything? No. 
Huh. I would like to interject that one time I had a glass top table at one of my shops that was in a million pieces when I went in one day and nothing had fallen on it. And sometimes glass will just shatter. But and a drinking glass, I don't know about. This wasn't just shattered. It was just a few chunks from the lip of it. Oh, that's different. Big ass chunks. Okay. Okay. No, the thing I'm talking about was just like the top of a laptop or like a computer little desk thing. And it just all shattered into a million tiny pieces. Well, that's when it's tempered. We had that. Oh, remember um, our old house that we lived in that did not feel very friendly. Um, Mm -hmm. We had tempered glass shower doors. And one morning my Mm. husband was in the shower and I heard a loud crash and him shouting. And it just exploded. The door exploded while he was taking a shower. Oh, that's terrifying. It was not good. No. Let's get back to it. But that doesn't tend to happen to drinking glasses. So it doesn't. Yes. And weird. I know. Now to room 217, the room that Stephen King stayed in, the -hmm. gas explosion room. Guests in the room report seeing a chambermaid in old clothing or feeling a presence. Several have returned to find their recently deposited bags already unpacked or to find them on the day of their departure um, that they've been packed for them. Oh, so both things happen, unpacking and packing to go. Exactly. Wow. And they must know the schedule of legit. Legit. Wow. Look at these nosy, helpful ghosts. I know. Thank you. One couple (laughs) told a staff member at the Stanley Hotel that their bed was made around them during the (laughs) night with them still inside. (laughs) They're just messing with you now. Yeah. Oh, however, if you're considering staying in this room and you aren't married, uh, unmarried couples have reported a chilly presence settling into bed with them as they've slept. Like in between them, like leave room for Jesus. <laughs> leave room for the Holy Ghost. She, she is a call. Like, like at our dances when I yeah. went to school. Exactly. <laughs> Five foot for Jesus. Wow. So shadows have also been reported passing through walls as this room was what uh, once part of a much larger suite until the mid 2000s. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, Here's something from a former guest. My hubby and I stayed in that room over a Christmas break a few years back. He had his ankle grabbed in the middle of the night as it was sticking out from under the covers. He said he could feel every finger. No, no. See, that's why I need my feet under the covers. No thanks. No thanks. <sighs> That's the other thing about my bed. I have to make sure that the duvet is like all the way over the edge. If it's lifted yeah. up, even with the sheet, no, thank you. Not I'll happen. like tuck it under my side just because I don't want the air, right? the colder temperature difference coming up through the bottom. No, thank you. Sorry, I'm very needy in my sleep. It's okay. Habits. It's okay. We we all have our things. Yeah. Lots of things. Next is the vortex. Sounds scary, but. Mm. So from an architectural standpoint, the staircase between floors in the hotel's main building, it's glorious architecturally. Mm-hmm. However, this area has also been dubbed the vortex, a oh. spiral of energy, because it's believed to be the quote-unquote rapid transit system for ghosts that are known to haunt the hotel. Oh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, the grand the grand staircase in 2016, a visitor from Houston 
snapped some photos of the grand staircase and uh, upon returning home and reviewing them, spotted an apparition at the top of the staircase. Thing is, he doesn't remember anyone else being on the staircase at the time he was taking the photographs. The ghostly image of a woman is at the top of the stairs. I've seen this picture. Oh, She's in a black dress with her hair up and a bun on the top of her head. I want to look it up really quick. Oh, oh. See? Hold on. I only looked at the... What the shit? Right? No. Mm-hmm. No way. Uh, yes way. My dudes. Mm-hmm. What? I know. Like, that's very clear. I what know. What else could that be? A, a um, suitcase? No, Something... No. I mean, it even looks like there's an arm moving lower. <sighs> Whoa. Yeah, friends, you can go check this picture out. Oh, I'll stick it on a Instagram. What? You can check it out on the gram. Huh. Huh. Okay. okay, I'll stop making noises at a picture, but yeah, wow. Okay. Huh. The, the concert hall. The concert hall. Is oh, called- is this the one with the f- Flora's room? The music room? No, that's the piano oh. room. Okay, sorry. Concert hall, concert hall is an easy trigger. Let's wait for me to get to it. Okay, concert hall. The concert hall is also a hot spot of paranormal activity. Huh. So there was an employee called Paul who worked at the Stanley from 1995 to 2005, and he died of a heart attack while en route from the hotel to the hospital after suffering from chest pains. So he was known as a jack of all trades, and one of Paul's responsibilities was to enforce the hotel's 11 p.m. curfew. So it's not uncommon to hear a faint and ominous get out (laughs) in the after hours, though it's unclear if he'd be so bold as to shush the former hotel founder, Flora Stanley, who can often be heard playing the piano some seven decades after her demise. I love it. Right? A construction worker standing, uh, sanding the floor just a few years ago believes Paul was brazen enough to physically nudge him to the door after feeling two arms pull him back. Paul is also known to flicker the flashlights of touring groups. Oh. So during one investigation with TAPS, Amy Bruni was a part of the team at the time. She said uh, that she was taken aback by the activity she experienced in the concert hall. Amy has said, we had a table against the wall that lifted up off the ground a good six inches and slammed back down. (gasps) Then once everybody left, it was just Grant, Jason and I, and we were hearing a full on conversation going on downstairs. We thought we accidentally left a few people down there. So we ran downstairs and no one was there. Oh my goodness. Right. So let's oh, get to so exciting and so scary. I know. Let's get to <laughs> the piano. Yes, yes, yes. When the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park opened in 1909, founder F.O. Stanley marked the occasion by presenting his wife Flora with the Steinway Grand Piano. Oh. Since that time, the hotel has had a long tradition of bringing great music to the Rockies. Um, in the 1980s, the hotel manager was on duty during an electrical storm. The lobby was deserted on this dark and stormy night, but he was sure he could hear the strains of music. 
Taking a walk through the lobby, he noticed that the lights were on in the music room. As he approached the doorway, he could clearly see the piano keys moving, filling the room with music. Once he crossed the threshold, the music abruptly stopped. So people have seen apparitions in there out the corner of their eye Mm -hmm. and things have appeared behind them in the mirror over the fireplace. Also, there was one guest who sat down to try and play the piano, complained it was out of tune, and the piano key lid promptly smashed down to where their fingers were. (gasps) Out of tune, my ass. Laura was not having any of that bullshit. Mm -mm. Okay, employee cafeteria. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. The employee cafeteria has been the site of several reports of hauntings. Employees report hearing voices, feeling a presence, or seeing orbs. Occasional items move or go missing entirely. Oh, no. The lights will go out on their own, but the switches and circuit breaker are good. Radios in particular seem to suffer inexplicable power loss, even if their batteries are brand new. No, not the batteries. Yep. (laughs) Uh, The bottle chiller has reportedly moved under its own power. Oh, what else? Yeah, many employees refuse to use the tunnels that are underneath it or go to the cafeteria on their own, especially at night. So now, Mm. hang on a minute. Let's quickly get to the tunnels. Okay. Beneath the Stanley Hotel are a series of tunnels used by staff to get from one area to another. The staff cafeteria is located here. So the tunnels are dug out of the very stone of the mountain that the hotel sits upon. Oh, really? Right. So they use it to move from the first floor cafe and reception through to the employee cafeteria. Huh. So why would a hotel need a network of caves, you ask? (laughs) Okay. The reason is that in the early days of Stanley, it was seen as unprofessional for the staff to be seen by guests. Sure. So employees used the underground pathways to travel between rooms and the hotel's bar, restaurant, and laundry facilities. So the ghost of a pastry chef is said to haunt the caves as evidenced by the alluring and inexplicable scent of baked goods that are frequently reported there. Oh, my God. He's just screaming that his pat sucks and who did this? Exactly. <laughs> However, Joy, it's not all profiteroles and croissants down there. Oh, go on. In 2006, when the TAPS team from Ghost Hunters first visited the tunnel, Jason and Grant heard knocking on a padlocked door, which Jason says, quote unquote, sounded like someone trying to knock to get out. When the two returned later that same year for their Halloween show, cameras caught disembodied voices, disembodied voices that appeared to be saying hello, giggling and saying other indecipherable things. Oh, is this thing on? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I watched the episode and you could hear it. Oh, I gotta go watch all these things now. If you have a scary story of your own that when you listen to us, you think, oh, I should send my stuff in. Email us at theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. Hang on. I need a coffee. Did you know you could buy me a coffee? No, really. You can keep your faithful Frady Cat hosts fueled at buymeacoffee.com slash the residuals. 
That's B-U-Y-M-E-A-C-O-F-F-E-E.com slash The Residuals. You can buy us just one coffee or multiple coffees. You can buy them individually or a bunch at once. I'm just very tired and I need this to get by. Oh, I second that emotion, Joy. Also, buy our merch. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash the hyphen residuals hyphen podcast. That is T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot com slash user slash the hyphen residuals hyphen podcast. Now, the hyphen is the one little line that floats horizontally in the middle. That's right. Don't forget to like, rate, review us on your streaming platform of choice. P.S. This could be your ad right here. We could be reading it very professionally in this portion of our show. Yeah. Should we get back to the show? Oh, heck yeah. All right. All right. Joy, did you know that there are other buildings other than the Stanley Hotel at Estes Park on the site? I did know that right. because I knew that he built like 11 outbuildings. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about two of them. Mm-hmm. So one is the Manor House. Just a few yards from the Stanley's main building is the Manor House with 38 guest rooms. On the third floor... Windows have been reported to open and close on their own, but it's room 1302, which is considered to be the center of activity. (gasps) Mm, Pictures have allegedly been pulled off the walls, lamps thrown on the floor in this room when someone leaves. A male ghost has been seen as a shadow in this room walking near the walls. But wait, <gasps> this is the this is the one that made me be like, because at first I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I heard this and I was like, nope, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, for like five years, I think it was, there was an in-house paranormal team at the stand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, one of the members was Carl uh, Pfeiffer, who was also part of the team that developed the Estes method. Okay. As part of the Stanley Paranormal team, Carl led over 250 investigations at the location. That's a lot. Early on in December of 2010, he dozed off during an investigation, which he says he never does. This is the only time he's done it. And boy, did he learn his fucking lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He dozed off on an investigation around 2 a.m. while in room 1302. Here is his account of what happened next. While out for only 10 to 15 seconds, I saw this incredibly vivid face in my mind, clear as day, which is unusual for me. It was a man's face crossed with a pig's face. And instead (gasps) of eyes, only two eye sockets. Decidedly unsettling. But what took it from strange dream to something more was when I learned that the hotel's resident psychic, Madame Vera, had experienced the exact same entity in the room a year before. The description matched what's called an elemental spirit, which has been described as half man, half animal. 
and with eyes so black they appeared to be or were only eye sockets. Neither of those things I knew before dozing off that night. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So with him saying, you know, talking about the elemental aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, we have to remember that for 5,000 years, this was a popular destination for Native American tribes of the Ute and right. Arapo, whose families, they would summer in Esther's park area and they would winter in the middle park region which was south of grand lake and remnants of the trail that they used to cross the continental divide is still visible in rocky mountain national park and so the beliefs and spiritual practices is somewhat embedded in the land so it's completely understandable sure that something like this would happen And so Carl then uh, continues to say, every once in a while, we'd run into something I'd label inhuman, talking about his time at the Stanley. But those, I get the simultaneous, like, this is bullshit. And also I'm very scared. Like those are the two things that happen when I hear about like elemental old spirit entities. Yes. Um, And then he goes on to say, but those experiences were rare. Everyone has their own different classification of inhuman. Some religious beliefs say that anything inhuman is angelic or demonic. I lean towards uh, considering them a diverse population of intelligent beings who just aren't human. What we would occasionally experience is a presence I'd call animalistic. Not good, mm-hmm. not bad. Very mm-hmm. intense and intelligent, but not exactly on the same level as we are, which is to say we were never able to establish communication. It was more of an extremely distinct presence in the room. Wow. So oh. here is something <clears throat> that has been caught on camera. Oh. Uh, while doing their Stanley investigation, on Ghost Hunters, member of the TAPS team, Grant Wilson, had an incredibly unnerving experience in room 1302. While sitting at a large pedestal oak table, it visibly lifted a few inches off the ground and crashed down. Oh, my goodness. And the camera was at floor level, basically. It was on the floor pointing up at him, and you see the feet of the table lift up. There's no way he could have just lifted it up like, I'm going to lift it and crash it and make something happen. Huh. Yeah. And this is a separate incident from the one that Amy Bruni was saying happened with the table that she Exactly. So that was in the furniture just hall. levitates mm-hmm. in this place occasionally. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No big deal. Listen, when you were a kid, yeah. Did you hide under tables? Yeah. Did you ever lift them up like oh, yeah. that underneath? Oh yeah. I mean, if I hear, you know, maybe it, it's something as simple as that. If they're, I mean, simple, quote unquote, but as like neutral and not or lighthearted as that. Um, I don't know. I think about it as something trying to intimidate and get their attention. I think about Teresa mm-hmm. in the Real Housewives of New Jersey with the prostitution whore flipping she, a table. Well, she didn't. No one flipped a table. They just lifted it up. But you know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. she first got angry, she was lifting it and letting it go. And then she flipped it. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Oh, Teresa. Okay. So. Oh, Italian-Americans. Which you all want, so that's fine. Um, I, know I can say that. So, okay. So the, the last 
uh, additional building that I'm going to talk about is the carriage house. Okay. So this was recently renovated and turned into a restaurant. However, before that, it served as a storage facility for banquet, banquet, banquet. Why did I say banquet? Banquet furniture for the hotel. Many employees refused to go in there because of the oppressive and terrifying feeling they got when they entered the building. Oh. Now, going back to our fave kindred spirit show. Yeah. Amy Bruni told a story on her podcast, Haunted Road, that while on an investigation one night at the carriage house, she was rushed by something large and terrifying. She could hear the feet on the floor clear as day as something large and imposing came at her with great speed. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Like, it's bad enough to see something, Mm -hmm. like, just, like, cross down a hallway or something. But when it, like, comes at you. And you can't see it? That's got to be. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. Not good. So there are a few there there are a few uh presences there that appear to have I think been manifested by visitors. Mm, they weren't mm-hmm. originally there. Um you know there's one there's one instance that I read about um every year the Stanley Hotel holds something called Stanley Festival. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, a big, it's a big festival, Stephen King type thing. They have lots of different activities, spooky activities and shit like that. It's it's a thrill, like horror, exactly. Halloween-y sort of spooky thing. It's not, exactly. it's not just a party. <laughs> so obviously journalists go to it. And so mm-hmm. there was a group of people that went in 2015 um, one of them being an LA-based journalist, and the others being, you know, um, people in the in the in that film industry. And uh, one of them purchased locally a hand-carved spirit board. Oh, not a Milton Bradley cardboard box. Oh. This was a very proper spirit board. Huh. And brought it with them. To do a fuck about and find out mission. Oh, this doesn't so, sound like it's going to end well. No. Nah. And there was a big group of them in the room. Everyone took turns on the planchette. Nothing happened for a while. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there were three people with their hands on the planchette and it started moving. Mm-hmm. And it started saying the name Ava. Hmm. And it started saying swim, swim, swim. And then what? It, mm-hmm, and then it basically told them that she'd been drowned by her mother in the lake. <gasps> which I I kind of remember an episode of Ghost Hunters where Amy investigated something like that, and it was proven to be just some a spirit that had been manifested, a presence that had been manifested by people constantly fucking with stuff. But I can't remember if this is it. Mm-hmm. So then the spirit board started saying, told them to go to room 324. And then it just kept repeating the number 324, 324, 324, 324. So one of them apparently got out their phone, looked up room 324 at the Stanley Hotel and exclaimed, it's one of the most haunted rooms at the Stanley. 
which dear listeners, it's not. I've looked everywhere. I've looked everywhere for reports about Room 324. The only thing about it is all of the first-hand accounts of these people that were in this room on the spirit board. Oh. Maybe there's something I'm missing. I don't know. But apparently they but all Because decided- Stanley is not like hush-hush about things. No, like everything They welcome is like- all of this. So it doesn't make sense that they would keep one thing exactly, one quiet. Room. Yeah. And also just people going there and having experiences and then they go online and they talk about their experience. So anyway, yeah. So they decide they were on the second huh. floor. So they decide to go upstairs to room uh to check out room 324. And as they go up the stairs, at the top of the stairs on the third floor, they encounter a terrified couple. Really? And they're like, You're okay, what just happened? And this couple tells them that they saw the spirit of a small person probably a child come out through the door of a room down the hall and the group went to check it and it was room 324 but you think this is horse puggy no i don't i completely believe their account i don't for a second think that they're making anything up mostly because there's so many people okay there were apparently so many fucking people in this room that were participating and that witnessed this i don't think that, that okay this is- you're just saying that you can't find a record of anything happening specifically in 324 exactly okay i don't understand that part because that is something that's like said in every single part every time i went through pages and pages of google Looking hmm. for Stanley Hotel, room 324. There's nothing anywhere other than the... Um, this one event? It, this one event. Exactly. Huh. 100%. So I'm not too sure. However, what I believe has happened, going hmm. back to talking about manifesting, when you take a place like the Stanley and you take a place that has something, the kind of reputation that came as a direct result of The Shining, right? Mm -hmm. Because prior to that, it was just a sleepy hotel that closed in September and opened in like June, right? Not much went on other than someone playing the piano and being seen on the stairs maybe, (laughs) or, you know, like the the smell of fresh croissants in the tunnels. So Nothing intense. Nothing scary, nothing, nothing, you know what I mean? And now Mm -hmm. suddenly it's just overrun by spirits. Right. Now it's like the most haunted hotel. And it's like, is it though? And so I, my belief, opinion, whatever, my uneducated, whatever, is that so many people go to the Stanley every year Mm -hmm. wanting to experience something. When you go into a location like that with that energy, with that intention, um, then something will probably happen i think and when if you, you keep putting that energy into exactly. that space and people keep listening to it and reacting to it right it's sort of like you know we've we've seen in other investigations that when there's a a local legend mm-hmm. and it's a story and it comes to life it's just like our own investigation when we went to the coronado right where we're not exactly on board with the idea that hate is there in the hotel, in that room, fucking people shit up. Right. But that so many people have brought their bad energy 
into that space that it sort of manifested something that may not have ever been living or may not have ever imprinted in the space. Also, people fucking around with spirit boards who shouldn't Oh, you hate it. You hate it. It makes me really, honestly, and I know I that know. people will be like, ugh, shut up. It's fun. <laughs> it. You know what? That's cool. Whatever. You do you. But I just, I think- We that- all have our two fars. We all have our lines that exactly. we don't go by, and you are just staunchly like, I don't fuck with those boards. No. Yeah. Especially, and I really, it, it, it really gets my goat joy. Mm, tell me, Grandma. When things like this happen, when you have people who bring a, a spirit board for shits and giggles, right? You know, and then they get te- they get scared when it actually happens. It's like, well, what the fuck did you expect? Well, when I was in college, I've told the story before about how someone we had a sleepover in this yes. big ass old mansion in Newport, Rhode Island, and someone busted out a Ouija board unplanned Mm -hmm. and the results were uh startling right to say the least right (laughs) yeah so yes so that happened but room 324 Mm. i i found nothing about it other than interesting the reports of the people who are in the room and these were recent things right Mm, this was 2015 so I would say I, recent, but to other people, that's not recent. I would like to know if they've had any rooms renumbered because that was also a thing at the Coronado. Well, also they did talk about the fact that room 217 was originally a suite until they split things up. Rooms till they split things up. So maybe the numbers are different. Mm. Worth some investigating Let's do just it. for our own personal shit. Yes. Um. Hmm. I mean, sorry. Sorry. Yes. No, I, it seems though that the, the whole area has been spiritual in a sense for a very long time. And that vision quests were a regular thing. And there are lots of theories about quartz and stuff and, you know, the mountain and whatever echoes in there. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe people just felt freer after the shining to talk about it. Maybe the hotel decided not to quiet down anything that was reported to them because we don't know that hotel has been there for a long time. You're right. It's been through several owners. And before the shining people talked about room 217 because that was, that did have activity before the shining. Yeah. I think that there's probably a little bit of extra happening like, you know, sort of pomp and circumstance around The Shining. But I think that there's probably stuff that just hasn't been talked about. So much energy gets trapped in those places mm-hmm. that it, it would kind of be to weird to have nothing until right. this, you know. So I think maybe um, because after Stanley, there were five different owners. There were, I don't know, several owners over like the next 50 years, I think well, it yeah, was until it became really disheveled and like yeah. shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So until the current owner came in um, and people were sort of allowed to talk about things a little more, you know, they sort of embraced the ghostiness of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe things were going on and we just have no reports of them. Right. So, so it could be that. 
You're right. So as far as manifesting things, mm. there's someone called Eddie. There's a spirit called Eddie. Eddie. All right. Eddie, who initially presented himself with a foul odor. Bleh. Eddie. Gross. <laughs> I need coffee, which our listeners can buy us <laughs> if they go to our website. Stop it. Instagram. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's someone called Eddie. Eddie, who initially presented himself with a foul odor, mm. earning him the nickname Stinky Man. Oh. Apparently offended by the moniker, Eddie switched tactics and began exuding a more pleasant smell. What? His presence, however, seems to cause discomfort, possibly due to a life of hardship, according to visiting psychics and mediums. Okay. He has since lightened up but remains the resident prankster and apparently a ladies' man. Oh. oh, here we go again. Boundaries often suspected of stroking the hair and kissing the cheeks of female guests. That's not a ladies' man. That is assault. <laughs> I just, I feel like maybe um, ghosts need to change with the times too. Right. Like, you're not being cute. Mm -hmm. No one likes it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're still not going to get her by yelling, hey, ma, on the mm -hmm. street. Like, exactly. Cut it the fuck out. Ugh. So, yeah, but Eddie didn't appear at the Stanley until a few years ago. Hmm. So there's that. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so hmm. now let's get to... Uh, I'm going to do a quick overview of the Estes Method. That oh was, yes, please. I want to, I there. definitely want this in there. I, felt, okay. I figured you would. Here we go. Okay. Estes method was first developed January, 2016 at the Stanley hotel in Estes park. It's creator Carl Pfeiffer, who we've already talked about Connor mm -hmm. Randall and Michelle Tate were working as full-time ghost tour guides on the property. Okay. And they were discussing ideas for how they could communicate with ghosts, uh, with their guests right so the group often used a sb7 spirit box during their tours which is basically you know if you watch shows you'll know it's a device that just sweeps through radio stations um and people within the paranormal investigative loving communities uh you know they believe that ghost spirits use it as a medium to communicate with people through randomized noise right. so the thing is, is that Carl and the team were aware that how someone interprets what they're hearing um, can be influenced by confirmation bias and like groupthink and like, I guess, reactions of people. So sure. in order to combat this and get as pure message as possible, they decided to use one person as a receiver. Okay. So that would be giving them isolation, uh, sound isolating headphones. Mm -hmm. And they also put them in a... Uh, blindfold which basically created like complete sensory isolation and so they weren't aware of what was going on in the room around them so what they found is when the person acting as the receiver was completely isolated um the the that they started getting really clear and great responses from the other people asking questions in the room they were astonished at the results that they were getting um, because the person who was the receiver was totally unaware of the questions yeah. being asked. Um, 
you know, and what they were getting back with things with surprising accuracy. Mm -hmm. um, so after using this method a few times, Carl, Connor, and Michelle decided to call it the Estes method, named after the area where they invented it. Now, you and I have a favorite episode of Kindred Spirits where they use the Estes method. Yes. Quickly. Do yes. they say it's the Estes method? So in no, Kindred Spirits? The, no. So for the first few seasons, they didn't refer to it as that, mainly because okay. it didn't actually ha it hadn't been named the Estes method yet. Oh, okay. All right. They didn't have a name for it. Hang on a minute. I didn't know if it was something they like came up with and didn't know that someone else had been doing or no, so um because that can happen. I mean, it's, no, it's such a good fucking experiment. So Carl and Amy are actually friends. Um Okay. So no, Amy and Carl go like way back. Okay. To her early days of investigating. And so she just, you know, he informed her about this method that they'd been using and so she and Adam started using it and trying mm -hmm. it out on kindred spirits to see if they could get some like good results as well. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, one of the earlier ones that they did was season three. Are you talking about the ghost train episode? Yes. Oh Lord. What a fucking roller coaster of an episode. Right. It is one of my favorite episodes of Kindred Spirits. Same. Like, absolutely. Same. Oh, so like good. the result on that was bonkers. We mm -hmm. encourage you to watch it. Um, anywho, I went on the Stanley Facebook page. Oh. And I went trawling through yes. their comment section on some of their posts. Oh, interesting. And, um, okay. In other areas of the internet, I found um, experiences, first-hand experiences of staff who worked there. Oh, lovely. Which honestly is more what I was looking for, but whatever. Yeah, anyway, sure. This one is quite possibly one of my favorite things. It starts, I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to supernatural or paranormal happenings. But one thing in particular really messed with my head. Mm. At the beginning of the tour, you follow tour guides to the music hall, which would often be occupied by children playing during the daytime. When you arrive in the hall, you are seated in the observation box and given an introduction of sorts, explaining that none of the spirits or activity are angry or violent, and that a lot of the activity was thought to be that of children, especially in this hall. So our guide mm. asked by show of hands if any of the tour members are good with kids, to which I, along with four or five others, raised our hands. Everyone who raised their hands, oh my God, this is just cruel. Ooh. Everyone who raised their hands, she gave a dum dum sucker, <gasps> which to those who are not uh, familiar with this in other countries, it's this tiny, tiny, like just a little bigger than a marble. It's a small, like, not ice lolly, but lolly. Anyway. Yeah, lolly. Um, but over here, this person calls it a sucker. Anyway, a yes. dumb, dumb sucker for us to hold out in our palm as if we were handing it to a child. And depending on the spirit's comfortability with you, they would supposedly pull on the sucker. Some people claimed to feel movement. Some didn't feel a thing. I personally felt and watched this fucking sucker drag from the middle of my hand all <gasps> the way off to the ground. They then end this review, Joy, with that fucked with my shit. 
sometimes I know it's true. That's when I was like, oh, this is legit. Yeah, that's how you know, because it's not someone like, that really messed with my head for the next fortnight. No, that fucked with my shit is accurate. (laughs) Oh, man. Amazing. Okay, so here are some more. And I love these because Mm. they're fascinating because some of them, you know, uh, talk about different things that maybe aren't, you know, written about on the internet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so here's the next one. We stayed at the Stanley in July this year. I don't know what year it was. I didn't I didn't pay attention to the comment. Anyway, we stayed at the Stanley in July this year and got some very interesting pics, but the scariest was going down towards the old carriage house, a sense of being choked, lights coming on and seeing something in the window when we were told that there was no electricity in that building. So this must have been before it was turned into a restaurant, which I believe kind of happened during the pandemic so that was before oh, okay so it was before, just one the of the, the buildings that wasn't being used much in the before times so the carriage house is the one that amy bruni got rushed in oh. and these people felt like they were being choked as they walked towards it okay no thank you madam no right my husband and i were married there and the morning we woke up our armoire was wide open and hangers were flung out and sitting on the floor if it was their wedding night, it was their wedding night. Yes. Are they sure they weren't just a little tipsy on different spirits and very excited to get back and take their clothes off? You know what, Joy? It'd be. <laughs> or that the spirit in the room was just real into it. Just rooting for them. They were just like, you got, <laughs> yeah, you do you. Congratulations. And yeah. Consummate that marriage. Yay. They yeah. didn't have confetti, so they used hangers. <laughs> um, next one is, I stayed on the fourth floor, which is one of the most haunted floors. I did the have- former ex- attic one? Yes. Oh. I did have an experience in our room. My youngest one was next to me with her arm raised up by mine. Which by the, it sounds like they were spooning, right? And the kid's arm was on top of the mom's arm. Anyway. Okay. And at one point, the sheet covering our arms was raised and then dropped. Definitely woke me up. Was a fun trip. Loved the hotel. <laughs> oh, my God. That and that fucked with my shit. It's oh. pretty good. Okay. Here's an employee. I worked the night audit and front desk there in the early 2000s. Flora's piano would play by itself late at night. Got locked in the kitchen several times when all the doors slammed shut at the same time and locked. (gasps) I can go on and on. What? How I wish this person would go on and on. I want to know everything. Who are they? What's their handle? I'll track them down. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't do that. In here, screen, I didn't screen cap names. from now on. Yeah, I will. Maybe. Yeah, I'll find them. Okay. Um, here is another employee one. Concert hall is definitely haunted. I worked at the Stanley for a few years off and on and definitely have had encounters at the concert hall and manor house. There were multiple times I would hear singing upstairs, which wasn't too bad, but downstairs was bad. Are they saying they were out of tune? Was it I, bad singing? It was just bad. It was bad. It, it was, was bad, bad singing. Everyone bad was hammered. Right. 
Okay. There were a few times I was down there alone and would get the feeling I needed to leave. And one time I was doing inventory alone and the bottle started rattling loudly behind me. I was completely alone in the building and there was no way they could have done that themselves. <sighs> no, thanks. Okay. Now, last one. Yes. My husband and I stayed in room 224. I wasn't able to sleep because I kept hearing running back and forth on the floor above us. Around 3.30 a.m., I was wide awake and the desk lamp turned on. No, 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 no. I immediately woke my husband up. We stared at it for 30 seconds and then it switched off. My husband got up to investigate and saw that the antique lamp was not easy to turn on and off. Soon after, we heard several clicking sounds in the bathroom by the door's light switch. You have to push the antique switch in twice to get it to turn on. It's as if someone was trying to turn it on but couldn't get that second click to engage. Uh, Hang on. Is that one done? Yeah. They were in what room? 224. Not 324. Uh, uh, uh. But didn't they say they thought they heard footsteps upstairs? Oh, shit. Shut up. Is 324 right above them? I mean, I would think so. Ooh, hot tip. Well, hot hot diggity dang. There you go. My apologies. Oh, maybe, maybe. I'll have to get a floor plan of this joint. Please do. Yeah. Um, and, And that concludes my paranormal book report. Oh, thank you. Well no, done. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. you. Thank, you. thank you so much. So much. Um, Joy, what are you grateful for? Oh my gosh, this was so quick. Uh, oh, uh, uh, I mean, I, uh, whew. <laughs> whew. I'm grateful that I have artistic genes, something along those lines of learned stuff from other artists along the way in my mm-hmm. art career that I was able to conjure us new podcast cover art. Mm, yes. Get excited because I have magically taken photos of Emily and I and turned them into residuals perfection. They really are. They're really perfect. I'm not even trying to be like, toot, toot, toot. I'm no. so great. But like, it looks showed my so good. And he was like, who did that? I said, Joy. <laughs> he said, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for um, that skill and talent and shit that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for trusting me to do it. Because I was like, just trust me. Just trust me. <laughs> just, I was like, go I, with it. Go with it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thanks. And I love it. And you all so out there better love it too yeah take a look real good on there we're gonna put it on the website so you can see it up close but like gram yeah we're not gonna have um i guess we're partially retiring the hand the hand photo good hand it's my hand thank you joy's hand (laughs) you're welcome and frosted computer table that's right. It's very high tech way I got that photo. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Did you know? Do you know how many people thought it was a stock photo? It was nope. really good. Yeah, many people just my hand nope. under a table backlit. That's why What's she's that? artsy fartsy. That's right. I just can't help it. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm grateful for that. So check that out and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, I love that. What are you grateful for? 
Well, Joy, um, <laughs> uh, I took my child to see Bluey this oh. last weekend, Bluey live yeah. here in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And the prior week, my kid spent three days drawing a picture to give to Bluey. Your eldest child, you have to differentiate yeah, not my, now. Sorry. <laughs> the four-month-old spent three days he drawing a picture. He could be advanced. You never know. He's very smart for his age. Um, very Elephants mature. paint. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Anyway, so my eldest spent uh, three days drawing a picture for, for Bluey, to give to Bluey. And so she wrote all of the names of her friends that were coming with us at the top to say who it was from. Mm-hmm. And... So we went and there was another friend of hers who came. And so we went to a restaurant beforehand. She got a pen to put her other friend's name on. And then she put it in my bag. Or so I thought. I thought Mm. she put it in my bag. She thought I put it in my bag. And off we go to Bluey. Amazing show. Like, seriously, if it comes to near you and you have children, go ahead and see it. But at the end, we go to walk up to the stage to give it to one of the stagehands. Mm-hmm. And it's not in my bag anymore. Uh, no. And she is understandably hysterical. Hysterical. <sighs> so I spotted an usher, and this woman is an angel. I cannot remember her name. I know it begins with an A. I explained to her what happened, and she crouches down to my daughter and says, I'm really sorry. You guys follow me. Oh. I was like, okay. So, because I just said, you know, is there any way that you could get them a message that she drew them a picture? Just so you know, I could like consult my daughter Tell her and be like, that they know. Yeah, just, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then just be like, there we go. We told them that. And then we'll, you know. So instead, this woman said, follow me. So we're like, okay. So we follow her and she has a stand at the end of the ramp going down into the lobby downstairs outside like some VIP whatever doors. Next thing I know. One of the puppeteers comes out in her green overalls. Her name is Jess. And she kneels down with my kid and says, I hear you drew us a picture. I heard it was really great. And my kid lit the fuck up. Oh, my God. It's so sweet. Like, even talking about it just makes me, like, this woman... If you, if any of you listeners, if any of our listeners in Australia know Jess, one of the puppeteers with the Bluey Touring Company, just, I love her. So she gave me her email address for my kid to draw another picture and to send it to her. And when Mm -hmm. I asked my daughter what her favorite part of that day was, which there was a lot of stuff we did, it was Jess. Jess So thank you for going the extra mile. Thank you for my six-year-old. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, listeners, we have a very special episode coming up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we do. Which... It's true. We we mentioned Oof. we mentioned earlier the Kindred Spirits episode uh, called Ghost Train, season mm-hmm. three, episode eight. I think mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. We recently sat down with Kate, who is the owner of the establishment that Amy and Adam went out to investigate. And you do not want to miss this one. Nope, you do not. So keep your ears peeled. It's coming soon. In the meantime, buy our merch. Buy us coffee. Buy our merch. Also, sage your sofas. And don't be afraid of the dark. But I will remain afraid. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
that's not a ladies' man. That is assault. Mm. 